Let me tell you a story. One day, I sat down to ponder life, its twists, its turns, and the unknown. My weary one mind was drawn to the story of a man we know. His name was Moses. I was not exactly drawn to the man, but to his stick. You see, it was just a plain old wood that he picked. There was nothing special about it. It looked old and rough. It was only good enough for helping with stuff. And so it was. It, it, it wasn't found in the palace of the king, nor would it have qualified as expensive furniture. It was born often through the desert, fully sanded, by the sun and by the wind seasoned, its edges were partly torn, its frame as one old and worn. It was owned by a wanderer, by a man tagged a murderer, who fled from his people that he thought to save. Its owner was too troubled his sin to brave. Its vibrant years of green life had long been stopped when it was cut down. It was old, old, seemingly of no use now, yet, it became a symbol that commanded respect, for God chose to use it. It was honored by men, for the Creator God chose it. Now, consider that stubborn peril was schooled by the stick. To this old stick, the Red Sea patted in two and stood on its feet. It broke the rock for many to drink. Amalek caved as it was raised on the hill, and it was known as the rod of the mighty God still. And so to myself, I addressed my speech. Do not worry yourself about life's complexities. God is God. He is supreme. None can contend with Him. He is fond of confounding the wise with foolish things. Objects rejected and only fit for the beaten. And if so, I know that when He acts, He doesn't need a PhD or the highest degree in anything. He doesn't need 10 years of experience to get you a job or any good thing. He factors it all. He is the king. Today I come with a question. And that question is, what kind of hearth do you bring to the altar of God when you listen to his voice, when you open the pages of the Holy Bible to hear from God, what kind of heart do you come with? Do you come with a heart that is ready and desirous to do all God has said in his word? Or do you come with a heart that is just thirsty for information so you can brag? Or are you coming with a heart to find things, to find scriptures that would defend whatever thing that you are doing, be it wrong or right? That is a vital question to ask self. What kind of heart do you approach the throne of mercy with? Is it a heart to do? Or is it a heart to just acquire knowledge so we can boast? A 
May the Lord help us. May the Lord help you and may the Lord help me. As we meditate on these questions, God help us search our hearts. Help us so that we might know whether we are standing on solid rock or on sinking sand. Lord, please reveal our hearts unto us. Search us and try us is our prayer. Oh Lord, help us. God is very good. And again, we are thankful for how he has kept us to witness another day. How he has kept us alive to come together to study and to learn at his feet. God is very good. You know, one thing I, another thing I especially thank God for is how we can see ourselves in this lesson. I don't know if I shared with you before or I shared with some other friends. Growing up, I, I, I had adults and I personally just studied the Bible, studied the story of the journey of the Israelites as just, oh, these people were stubborn and, and this and that. Oh, it was, it was very laughable. How would they see these wonders and still be disobedient, this and that? At that time, I didn't see myself in these stories. But thank God, thank God, God is opening my eyes to see that I am no different from the children of Israel. I am as stubborn, I am as ungrateful, and I am as sinful as they are. I thank God for this revelation, and I praise God that you and I are having to study, you and I are having to learn these things together at the feet of God. God is very good. God is very good for opening this window, opening this door, this privilege to actually study this way. We asked for truth and God is giving us exactly what we asked for. God is good. Let us have a word of prayer as we dive into today's study. Exodus chapter 14. Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to come and study, to come and learn from you. We exalt your name, Father. We plead for the forgiveness of our sins. We plead that you please have mercy upon us. Cleanse us with your precious blood and send us your Holy Spirit that he may guide us into thy own path of truth. This is our prayer, O Lord, we ask. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Yesterday we, <laughs> yesterday God gave us further explanations as to the feast of unleavened bread. Feast of unleavened bread. The feast of unleavened bread is also the Passover. The children of Israel were to eat unleavened bread for seven days, and on the seventh day. They were to have a feast. Yes. Now, their own calendar was changed, as we have studied, uh, as we have 
learned in the past two studies that from that very day that they were delivered from the land of Egypt, God told Moses to deliver to the children of Israel that this day shall be the beginning of years and months for you. Automatically, their own calendar changed. And it's interesting. God told them to remember. Now, in telling them to remember, he already set things in place for them to never ever forget. They were to celebrate the Passover yearly, meaning that it, it, it would almost be impossible. Why am I saying almost? It would be impossible for them to forget. Now, this is, this is interesting. This is very interesting. What is the best way to remember something? Is it not by constant repetition? Wow. God is good. Now, for those who are trying to memorize Bible text, by constant repetition, you will get it. Now, this is, this is principle from heaven. This is godly principle. The more you repeat an action, the more you repeat things, the more it sticks. God is good. Truly, this book is a book of instruction before leaving the earth. It is a book that guides every aspect of man's life. God is good. God is very good. Today, we shall be discussing with God the Red Sea crossing. The crossing of the Red Sea. Now, one important thing I would like to draw again from yesterday's study was how we learned how God revealed to us that we might be put in some particular positions, in some particular places that seem so difficult. Oh, I'm a Christian. Lord, why am I going through all of these difficulties? But we understood, we were made to understand, as God revealed us in yesterday's study, that God saw beforehand that if they had seen wars, they would have been tempted to return to the land of Egypt. So he took them through a wilderness. Now the other benefit of taking them through a wilderness was that now they would be 100% dependent on God to supply everything. Both the temporal and those long-term needs. Isn't God all wise? Imagine they went through that land of Philistines. Oh, you'll say, oh, actually, we acquired spoil from the Egyptians. We have money. We can buy food. We can do this. Then they would have been proud. Then, like what we have today, then they will sit down and say, oh, in the next five years, I see myself as the head of a company. In the next five years, I'd have had a car and a house and and oh, in the next five years, I'd have been a millionaire or billionaire. That must have been their thought. But God said, no, you will depend on me. You are my people. I have set a line of demarcation between you and the world. The world must see that I am creator. The world must see that I am provider. 
This is a lesson to me and it's a lesson to you. My dear friends, be patient and trust in God. Let us study together. I might have to read a little bit slower today because I'm actually not wearing my glasses. So please pardon my speed if it is too slow for you. Let us study together. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they may turn and camp before Pi-Haroth, Hananoth, sorry, between Migdol and the sea, opposite Baal-Ziphok. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart, so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his armies, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Yes, the Israelites went to camp at that place, that place called Baal. Bal Zifon. Oh, wow. That place. And remember Exodus chapter 3, verse 19. God from the beginning, from that burning bush, told Moses the heart of Pharaoh will be hardened. Pharaoh will be stubborn and not let the children of go uh, <laughs> the children of Israel go despite these great wonders. Now it was told king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servant was turned against the people and they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt of Egypt with captains over every one of them and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt and he pursued the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with boldness so the Egyptians persuaded them sorry pursued them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi Hahinoth, between Baal Zephron. This is very interesting. Now, there was an interesting report given to the king of Egypt. He said the children of Israel have fled. You know, one would immediately recall and say stuff like, ah, wasn't it Pharaoh that let the children of Israel go? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. But remember, remember, when Moses first approached the king of Egypt, he said, let the children of Israel go for three days. Now, reading this report that was given to Pharaoh, 
it would mean that they had spent more than three days or it would mean that they had been gone more than three days but i can imagine yes they sent messengers to go and search ah where did you go to this is this is this this is this and and they went and like oh no, no i i see i see them far at the wilderness and all of this and they gave the reports to pharaoh and you know his wise men his sorcerers they all gathered and they were reasoning together these people have fled they have fled and now one would wonder one would wonder why did they decide to pursue after a people who they have more than enough evidence that their god is greater than they are i see laziness i see a country where they had so enslaved the israelites so much so that the citizens of egypt were lazy because i I mean mean, this is me just thinking just trying to call my senses to uh, call my senses to reason out all of this i'm like what was there you can just have your own people rebuild the city because remember it was due to the damages that happened in the land of egypt that the sorcerers were mad at pharaoh in the first place that look at our land it is destroyed widely destroyed let these people go so i can imagine now at this point they be like ah truly look at our lands it's destroyed we need these people to come back and build matter of fact they've they've exhausted the three days that they requested for now i say this to show you that even the hardening of phil's heart is not beyond what man can reason it's not that he was just specially foolish or strong-headed no these are things that he must have reasoned the land is destroyed who rebuilt the cities now <laughs> they are not even rebuilding more than what they were constructing they are not rebuilding those damaged places don't forget a hail of fire rained on the land of egypt or in the land of egypt rather the damages must have been overwhelming and he looked to his weak and lazy egyptians <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying mind you i'm just saying and he was like oh no not this ones this ones are not capable they are not strong as the israelites don't forget the lord multiplied the israelites and he gave them men sufficient men sufficient hands to walk and Pharaoh looking at the Egyptians and say, oh, they are weak people. They are weak in stature, weak in the sick. Because of the disobedience to the laws God had given. Laws of eating the clean and not the unclean. They were sick men. Don't forget. Don't forget. We once shared that. What were the sicknesses of the Egyptians? They suffered sicknesses that we know today. Tuberculosis, diabetes, cancers, and so on and so forth. They suffered sicknesses that were as a result of disobedience. Then they chased after the children of Israel. 
And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because ah, sorry, because there was no grave in Egypt, have you took, uh, taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so done this? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word? That we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. This is very interesting. A lot can be said about this. Why did the Israelites that saw the Egyptians suffer? seven eight plagues in fact nine plagues when this the same Egyptians that saw the wonders and signs moses did in their sight and they believed that god sent him when did they want and here they are losing faith losing trust in god blaming moses because of their fear and distrust in God. Because they are seeing these same Egyptians that suffered nine plagues in their sight. Now this is very interesting. Let's bring this home. How do we react in times of trouble? How do we react in the days of lack? Isn't it similar to the actions of the Israelites? Oh, when we are troubled, when we don't have means, when we are faced with one obstacle, we just all of a sudden forget the good things God has been doing. Not only do we forget the good things the Lord has been doing, we forget how the Lord has delivered us from previous challenges. Oh, war is mine. War is mine. Who shall deliver us from our folly? Of a truth, there is no difference between the actions of the Israelites and our actions today. But, but, God desires us to be as he is. This is no excuse because, oh, this was how they were in the past. And this, this is how I am too. Lord, have mercy on me. No. No, no, no. We must gain the victory. And it's evident that we cannot gain that victory by ourselves. We need God to help us. We need him to hold our hands. We need to have our eyes fixed on him. Do you have your journal? Do you have your book? Your book where you write down all your testimonies. So that when the Egyptians are behind you. When the obstacles are in front of you. 
you would pick up your book and read how God has delivered you so that your faith will be rekindled, so that your belief will be strengthened. We need practical godliness. Oh Lord, help us that we get more practical godliness. Please, if you haven't gotten a book where you write down every testimony in detail, please do get one. Please do get one. For if at this very point, all the children of Israel picked up their book of testimonies and they had read through, then their confidence and trust in God will be reaffirmed. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. This is evidence. Don't forget, the last time Moses met with Pharaoh, he met, he went with boldness. Don't forget, Pharaoh told him, the next time I see you, I will kill you. Despite that, he went again to Pharaoh to deliver the message that God sent him. Now, are you seeing the difference between Moses and the children of Israel? Moses had seen enough and in his heart he said, It is God or nothing. I believe. I trust. I mean, he saw the burning bush. He saw the wonders. He saw everything. He saw everything. And his faith and trust in God strengthened now how can your faith how can my faith in god be strengthened it can only be strengthened by the word by these words that we are reading by these testimonies of men who have lived we are hearing how he has kept them and it is giving us confidence that he will do the same for us if and only if we abide under his wings. And he continued. He said, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. My dear friend, it is God that is doing the fighting, not you and me. A friend shared with me that she saw some members of a church and even the church leader get a cane. And as they were praying, they were smashing that cane on the floor, wiping the tiles. I'm like, oh, poor tiles. But here we are reading. We are hearing the words that God put in the lips, <laughs> lips of Moses. He said, hold your peace. Hold your peace. I will do the fight. This is peace. This command of itself is peace. 
I mean, I don't have to fight. You don't have to fight. I don't have to wake up in the morning and be saying, oh, my enemies fall and die. Let's drill and jam you. No. God says, hold your peace. Mind you, these people that were coming, they were coming to attack them. So those people you think that want to attack you, the Lord is saying, hold your peace. And let me, the author and finisher of all things, do the fighting. Oh, great peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the heart of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army his chariots and his horsemen now <laughs> it is the heart of the entire camp of egypt that is hardened not just pharaoh then the egyptians shall know that i am the lord when i have <clears throat> gained honor for myself over pharaoh his chariots and his horsemen fully can you start to imagine the confidence that would have been in the heart of the armies that were chasing after the children of Israel. Oh, we have chariots, we have speed, we have weapons, we have this, we have that. And all you people have is nothing. In fact, you have women and children in your midst to make the key and slaughter so easy, to make the captivity so easy. I'm sure that was what must have been going through your minds. God is telling us that Pharaoh took his skilled soldiers, 600 of them, I'm sure the ones that he left home in Egypt, they must have been saying, ah, victory is sure. Is it not the Israelites? People that they went with children and, and, and women and they carry loot. How they want to fight with loot. I'm sure that was what must have been going through your mind. And God is saying, I will gain the honor over them. Mm. Remember. The Lord will do the fighting while we hold our peace. And the angel of the Lord went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the Israelites. Thus it was cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light to the other. And that one did not come near the other all that night. This is amazing. The cloud that was demarcating the children of Israel from the Egyptians was amazing. For the Egyptians, it served as thick darkness while on the other side where the Israelites were it was as light wow now we are reading that they camped meaning that they settled at some point 
maybe to rest or to do something. I don't know, but they camped. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind at the night. Sorry, at that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Amazing. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, in the morning watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and it troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels <laughs> so that they drew them with difficulty. And all the Egyptians said, Sorry, and the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Hmm, even some acknowledged. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, and on their chariots, and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning, um, when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the water returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall for them on their right hand and on their left hand. Let's just finish up. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and said, Sorry, out of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead in the seashore. Thus, Israel saw the great um, work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Amen. Amen. Now they believed. Now I find this statement very interesting. Didn't they believe before? Yes, they believed. But don't forget the vital information God gave us. When they left Egypt, there was a mixed multitude that left with them. There was a mixed multitude. I don't know if, again, I don't know if I've shared this here on the podcast or maybe I was having a discussion with friends. And I remember one time while I was still using Twitter, I deleted the account. While I was using Twitter, I remember reading a tweet. Then I was like, ah, I have something to write as to comment. And 
opening the comment section i started going through the comments of other people and i realized that what i actually wanted to say changed due to my reading of other people's comments and it hit me it hit me so bad and i realized that femi who you associate with matters for it's either that second person rubs off on you or you rub off on the other person I'm like, ah, the word of God is true. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good manners. They corrupt good manners. God is good. God is very good to us. As he is revealing all of this truth to us. Now, as I try to imagine all of these scenes, uh, as as we, as I studied personally before coming on here to study with you, I was just thinking that, my. Now, the children of Israel started um, walking on that dry land from that night, that evening that they camped. They started walking, walking. Don't forget, there were six hundred men. Right, not counting the women and the children, they were six hundred, so they were locked. So all through that night, they were walking on dry land. Before the morning started breaking, then the Egyptians started trudging upon the dry land. Now, as I was reading this, I was like, this river that they crossed, this Red Sea that they crossed, not be no be gotta. <laughs> what I mean by no be gotta, it means this was quite a distance they actually walked. Do you know what wonder that would be? They saw a place that was covered with water. And the next thing, after Moses stretched out his hand, they saw that same place that was covered with water. Depart. I would, I would, let me not speak, because I don't know what, what would be going on in my mind if I see such a thing, I would just bow, God is good, God is good, now does God still, does he still do things like this, even today, yes he does, I'm not saying you should look out for God parting Todd Mainland Bridge water for you. I'm not saying that. Oh, sorry, pardon me. For those for those in Nigeria, they would understand what is Todd Mainland Bridge. Now, I'm not saying God should do that. But God still does these great things for his children. He still does these great things for his children. God is very good. God is very good. And one would think that what do we give back for all of these great things God is doing for us? 
for all of these wonders, for all of this goodness he is doing for us, for all of this patience, for all of this long-suffering, for all of this kindness, gentleness in his dealings with man, with sinful me, what am I doing in return? Or what is required of me in return? It is only obedience. It is only obedience. My. Only. May the Lord help us. May we have a desire to turn fully and behold Jesus. That we may be transformed to that image that he desires that we we be, that we bear. A word of encouragement today will be coming from the book of John, John chapter 14. John chapter 14 verse 21. And Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him let us question this verse who can say he or she loves God God answers the one who keeps his commandments Who does Jesus love? The one who keeps his commandments. Who will God, the father of Jesus, love? The one who keeps his commandments. Who will God manifest himself to? The one who keeps his commandments. This is something we must look out for, in self and in others. Now, I say in others because today we have so many teachers. And one can almost assume that, oh, you don't know the heart of somebody, oh, this, oh, that, oh, this, oh, that. But God is telling us that you can know. For the one who keeps my commandment is the one who loves me. Go on social media, even on WhatsApp. You see statuses like God's own. God loves me. I love God. Do you post such things? Do you publicize such things? When you do publicize such things, then go to your private corners and ask yourself, Am I keeping the Lord's commandments? Oh, in my dream, I saw Jesus and I did this and I did that. Is such a person keeping the Lord's commandments?
I thank God he is revealing to us who he is. I thank God he is revealing to us his actions. I thank God he is revealing to us that which is in his heart. For the person he identifies himself with is the one who keeps his commandment. Again, obedience. May the Lord keep you today, my dear friend. And as you go on with your work today, may these words ring in your heart and steer you to do the will of your Father which is in heaven. The week is running by so quickly. God is good. Do have a wonderful day. God bless you.